from uh, North Carolina is Noah Howells, who covers Pitt and all things ACC. And Noah, uh, the, uh, the comments from Pat Narduzzi about NIL seem to be gaining some traction, uh, but they don't seem to be all that much different than what he said, really, quite often. I mean, it's pretty clear he's he's not a big fan of the uh, uh, wild, wild west free agency that college football has become. Yeah, Paul, uh, first off, thanks for having me on, as always. Uh, I actually was the one who asked that question, and as soon as it came out of my mouth, I said, I should have saved that for the one-on-one I had with him later because that just gave everyone a headline to write about because I knew I knew how he was going to answer that. That's the way he's always answered, but at the same time, if you give an answer like that, it's going to generate a reaction, and it certainly did. I think that's probably been the – aside from, you know, the the – 10-second quote that Commissioner Phillips gave about his lawsuit connection, you know, with Northwestern, that's probably been the biggest headline to come out of uh, media day so far. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that it's, 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 uh, it's, it's not that much different, really. It's not that much different, really, from uh, uh, what he said in the past. But it seems pretty clear that he is going to continue to, to, to go down that road, right? I mean, he's, he's, he hasn't been afraid uh, to go down that road. Yeah, and that's I, I talked to him with about this today, you know, and I think that that's something where regardless if you like the guy or not, you almost have to respect that when he has an opinion, he's going to say it. He doesn't hide behind a curtain you know, and use reporters as a little mouthpiece to get his narratives out there like some other coaches do. This is a guy who, when he has something on his mind, well, darn it, he's going he's gonna to let it be known. And some people are going to love him for it, or some people are going to hate him for it. And he doesn't really care. And with this whole NIL stuff, I wouldn't say he totally dislikes NIL. I think he dislikes how unorganized it is. And he would prefer there to be more structure so it could be better for the programs and the players. And I think there's, you know, some validity to that claim where, you know, that might be better for everyone if there was a little bit more structure. But he certainly feels that way. And like I said, he's going to make it known and he doesn't care how people feel about it. Well, beyond that uh, uh, obvious uh, little storyline, what uh, did, did Pat Narduzzi say anything else of interest to in today's ACC meeting? Well, I got a one-on-one publishing with him tomorrow, and we talked about a lot of good stuff. I'll just tease it on the show. Uh, we led with Deion Sanders and a little bit of a peek behind the curtain on what really went down when, you know, his comments were made public and a couple of stories that went, you know, big-time national there. Uh, we talked more NIL stuff, um, and uh, believe it or not, you know, Penn State might have come up in the one-on-one as well. So people have that to look forward to uh, on, on the Post-Gazette site tomorrow. Uh, but what he said on the uh, in the press conference, um, I don't know if anything else. He, he, he spoke very highly of ACC players saying, alluding that, you know, the quality of player in the ACC is better or just as good as, you know, in the Big Ten, which I don't think is that crazy of a claim to make. Um, you know, and, and he, he just talked well about his program. He's a, he's a very proud head coach, and he's proud of what he and his players and his staff has achieved in the last couple of years, and he should be. So nothing too crazy aside from the NIL 
essentially salary cap, which he requested. But, uh, you know, like I said, that's been the highlight of the week so far. Yeah, no question about it. Um, now, the ACC, uh, they got, you know, Jim Phillips got asked some questions uh, about the fact that, you know, the, the money is still a question and uh, is everybody happy because, it, you know, there's there's obviously been some stuff uh, rumbling now about some other teams and other conferences moving around. Uh, you know, what, what, do, what was the impression you got about sort of the stability of the ACC? Um, I, I think things are better than what they were this summer. And honestly, Paul, like I've said on your show before, I don't ever think the unrest is was as as tense as what it was made out to be. I think it was always a leverage or a power play kind of thing where, you know, the timing of that story, it, it, it happened to come out right after the spring meetings ended. So what happened was people voiced their frustrations to the commissioner. Maybe their message didn't get a cross clearly so they had to go to the media to try to really light a fire under some people's behinds and and that worked commissioner phillips said you know it, it was it was it was a tough summer it was tough seeing the acc kind of get dragged all summer long and in, in the headlines but he said you know it was also productive in a sense where he knows where everyone stands he knows what needs to be addressed and he claims that the whole league is in on all of this together now, and they're they're working to you know close that revenue gap that exists now that the Big Ten media deal is in effect. Um, looking at Pitt, obviously the the, the big question is uh, Jerkovic, you know Phil Jerkovic, um, and uh, whether or not he is going to be able to lead this team and be the quarterback they think he is. Um, it seems like. Reading all the reviews and listening to what he's saying, that uh, they have a lot of confidence that he's that guy. They really do. It's 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 been impressive for me just to see how well this guy has come in and and really won the team over. Where last year, I mean, they had a quarterback with arguably even a better college resume than Dracovic come in with Keaton Slovis last year. Yet this guy wasn't a team representative at the ACC media days. He wasn't named the starter until spring training or until training camp ended. And Phil, for all intents and purposes, has been named the starter since early August and has, you know, been kind of the face of this program ever since he arrived. And I think that's a testament to how well invested they are in him, which comes through his leadership abilities. He, I spoke with him today, and we kind of talked about, you know, how he's cognizant of the fact that. There are some fans who wanted him in this program since he was like 15 years old. There are other fans who doubt him. There are some people who want this team to experience the highs that it did under Kenny Pickett. And it's kind of hard for him to get away from Kenny Pickett's shadow, being that the guy practices right next door to where Pitt practices, literally. But he's going to focus on doing his own thing. Narduzzi's very high on him. I know a lot of other coaches are high on him. I know coming in, because there are so many prominent former Whippeal players, they were all in the locker room kind of talking about what this guy was at Pine Richland, saying he is the real deal. And now you have a whole locker room that I think believes in him. So we'll see if that belief can be transitioned into victories on the field. We won't find out about that until September. But as of right now, it seems like everyone – in the football program is really sold on number five. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be that's that, that's a big, big. Uh, that's obviously a key to what they did. Now, how, how many people did they have to uh, replace? How many people did they have to replace on defense? And um, is it uh, is the defensive line still going to be really good? That's the big question. I mean, you're looking at four starters gone on the defensive line, one middle linebacker, and two safeties. So that's seven right there. Is that right? My math right? Yeah. No. Yes, seven. So that's and that's all the middle of your defense. They say, I mean, that's like the most important part. You want to be solid up the middle, right, in any sport. So um, they've got a lot of holes to fix. But, yeah, you're missing a lot of star power on that, on that defensive line. You're missing one of the best defensive linemen the program's seen in recent history with Kalijah Kansi, you know, a first-round pick, an All-American. You're missing out on guys like Habakkuk, Baldonado, and Deslin Alexander who are multi-year starters, guys who are key contributors on that ACC championship team, and even a guy like John Morgan, who is a, a playmaker when you needed him in big games. Um, I don't know if you're going to see a star emerge this year, one of the likes of a Kalijah Canty. You know, those just don't come out of nowhere every year for many programs. But will I, what I will say about the defensive line is I think it could be just as productive due to its depth. They don't have a superstar on this team on the defensive line. But what I do think they have is seven to eight, maybe even nine guys who are all above average, and there will never be a series where Pitt is kind of outmatched by an offensive line. They're going to have fresh legs every play, and they're going to have guys that can get after the quarterback. Um, You know, can someone – go above and beyond and take that thing to the next level and establish themselves as a superstar. If that happens, then you have something really special. But even if that doesn't happen, I still think they're going to have an above average defensive line, one that's pretty productive. Uh, I I would say uh, if you look around the uh, ACC, it looks at least from afar, like the two, the two uh, quote unquote power you know, uh, legacy-type teams, Clemson and Florida State, are both uh, predicted to to be in the mix for the championship. Is that correct? Yeah, those are the top two on my ballot. I actually have Florida State uh, finishing first in my preseason ballot that I've submitted. And, um, you know, while Mike Nordvell has never won more than eight games, I just looked, they returned 89% of their offensive production. They brought in some really good players to the transfer portal. And just when you think of the resources that, that that program has through NIL, you know, you're able to maintain talent, you're or retain talent, you're able to add talent on both, you know, through recruiting. They got some five-star guys coming in at a high school. And when you bring in, you know, all ACC cornerbacks from uh, Virginia and, and you're able to build off of a really good season with your quarterback and your receiver and your running back and all those guys, they're loaded. They're loaded. Now, will that translate to success? I mean, when's the last time we saw a really, a really true playoff caliber team? It's been since Jameis Winston. So it's been a while in Tallahassee, but I think this could be the year. And then Clemson's always going to be good. I will say Clemson's not as talented as it normally is on the offensive side of the ball. I didn't have one Clemson player on my first team All-ACC ballot, but they do have some studs on the defensive side of the ball. They, they, their linebacker, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., you probably recognize that name. Um, he, he's probably the best linebacker in the country, or if not the best, one of the best. So, I mean, they're going to have playmakers as well. 
But you never know with these two teams. I mean, Clemson seems to be a program that's trending downward. Florida, like I said, hasn't really proven anything amazing in the last, you know, almost a decade. So this could be another year where we get a random ACC winner, or it could be the same old boring year where Clemson wins it again. You never know. Well, I think, uh, you know, has Clemson got the DJ, whatever his name is, at quarterback still, or is he somewhere else? No, he's at Oregon State. Okay. So they they probably then have a chance if he's not around, because I thought he was terrible. I thought he was the biggest problem they had last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy they benched for him in the ACC championship game, uh, Cade Kullabuk, I believe his name is, he's their starter now. So that's, that's – uh, that's the guy, but I mean, he's he's young. He's young, so we'll see. They have a new offensive coordinator, um, and we'll see what they do there. But I think the bigger problem isn't at quarterback for Clemson this year. I think it's receivers. I mean, they probably have the best running back in the conference, Will Shipley. They're going to have a good line, but I mean, that's kind of crazy to think about when you when you think about all the great receivers that Clemson's produced in the Dabo Sweeney era. If you go through the roster and say, "Wow." Do they really have a legitimate pass catcher here? Kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, I would say that uh, absolutely. Um, there's no question. Okay, so you take the top two. Pitt is like in that next group. Who else? Uh, is, North, uh, is North Carolina going to be guy? I know they got the quarterback back, right? Yeah, yeah. North Carolina is going to be in the mix there. My thing with North Carolina is I don't know what their defense is going to do. Their defense was pretty bad last year, Paul. And while, you know, everyone remembers how great Drake May was, this was a team that I believe lost its last four games of the season. So, you know, they didn't necessarily finish incredibly well. I don't even think they ended the season ranked. So, I'm not super high on North Carolina. A team that I think could be a sleeper in the ACC is NC State. They had uh, uh, Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback from Virginia. He reunites with his old offensive coordinator from Virginia the guy that was running his offense when he threw for 4,000-plus yards in 2021. Uh, and the, if you just look at the Wolfpack schedule, it's not very challenging. I think that could be a team that wins nine games. I think Pitt could be in the mix for that as well. North Carolina, I mean, when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the country, you could still do it. But like I said, their defense kind of concerns me. And another team that I think will be in the mix, Paul, is Duke, the team that has two of the better offensive linemen in the conference. They return their quarterback, Riley Leonard. And they have some guys on the defensive side of the ball, too. People don't realize this, but Duke won nine games last year, and they returned double-digit starters, including their quarterback. I mean, look out for the Blue Devils. Okay. One last thing. I think Pitt plays a game at Yankee Stadium against Syracuse. Um, yeah. I know Syracuse won, what, seven or eight games last year. Uh, what? What? what uh, it looks like Pat Narduzzi said that he's excited about that. Yes, and I asked the Syracuse uh, players and head coach Dino Babers if they were excited, and they had a very opposite stance, Paul. When you consider that this team played a bowl game at Yankee Stadium in, in December, and now they're giving up a home game in conference play to go back to Yankee Stadium and play a team that's, you know, ideal for outdoor football in November. No team loves to play outdoor football in the ACC more than Pitt. It's been around, built around defense and running the football. So, yeah, Syracuse doesn't seem too thrilled about that game, but a lot of the Panthers are, especially Matt Gonclaves, the starting left tackle. He's a New York guy, a huge Yankees fan. 
talked to him about it. He said it's one of the most exciting games of his life. You know, he's looking forward to it like it's a bowl game or a, a, a playoff game. So, I mean, I think I think the Panthers are going to enter that one with a lot of extra juice. That's on November 11th, if I'm not mistaken, and they just announced this week that kickoff time's at 3:30. Uh, why did why why actually are they doing that? By the way, why are they why are they? I mean, did you did Dino Babers indicate why they're doing that? If I mean, if if the coach wasn't on board with it, yeah, I mean, Jim Phillips is just a big Derek Jeter fan. No, um, uh, so it's it, to honor, I believe, the 100 year anniversary of the first football game that was played at Yankee Stadium. So that that's that's what it's commemorating, and I also believe that's Veterans Day weekend. So that also might have something to do with that um but yeah i know it, it, it's to commemorate 100 years of football at yankee stadium and i think the first football game might have been between pitt and syracuse there don't quote me on that i haven't read the press release in a while uh, but i do know that there's a historic significance behind it yeah uh well okay um noah uh thank you so much great stuff as always i appreciate you jumping on and joining and joining in Absolutely, Paul. Happy to come on. Hey, by the way, they don't sell dipping dots in North Carolina, do they? (laughs) I couldn't find them, but now I'm going to tomorrow just because you said that. Oh, come on. Don't do that to yourself. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) uh, uh, have a good night, Noah. All right. Take care, Paul. Noah Howes from the Post-Gazette. I'm Paul Zeiss.